When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ on a pretty strange old day for us as we enter lockdown here in Aotearoa. But we did have an opportunity to talk to some fabulous people, the Brisbane Bronco Hall of Famer and the man with the most popular headgear in all of NRL history, Steve Renoff. We had gun Cambridge trainer Emily Brown, Sparta Racing, well, they've taken a crack team over to Australia and they are serving it up to them early with Elephant, Bifrost and look out for Rhinoceros in time as well. She also tipped us into one, Border Leicester. Bit of a stayer. Wait till he gets out over a little bit of ground. And then we chatted to the former All-Black captain, Tane Randall, another Hawks Bay boy, and Izzy took us on a wonderful little journey into some insights from the All-Black captain. Is Great to chat to Tane Randall. Great Lindisfarne college lad, but my favourite was Paul Moati and the absolute hiding the TAB got. <laughs> Thank you Bifrost, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. At Chemist Warehouse, find Coldrill day and night, cold and flu 24 tablets, just twelve ninety nine. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It is 18th of August, it's Wednesday, and it is going to be a quiet one for a lot of people and a busy one for those who have got kids back home in the lockdown. <laughs> well, 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 aren't we lucky, though, is because we still get the opportunity to come to work and to be able to chat about sport and chat about all things which are going on in New Zealand and with our sporting athletes all around the world. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. And yes, we are by Kiwis, and yes, we are for Kiwis. At any stage today, you might want to get in touch with us because you might be a little bit bored at home. So give us a call on the Ken Hartai phone line 0800 150 or send us a message on double eight double three at any stage, and we will endeavour to try and get things out on air for you. Izzy, my man, good morning. Good morning, Bezza. Oh, man, I can't <laughs> believe we're back here, but hey, it was inevitable with the uh, Delta variant going around and the chaos that that thing 
uh, creates us, oh, listen to Trudy, it's 98% more transmissible, transferable, whatever it is, yeah, one of those things. So uh, unbelievable, this Delta variant, and I can't believe we're here, but hey, lockdown, wonderful opportunity to spend time with kids, do those things around the house. I know my wife's already planned about 1,200 jobs for me <laughs> at home, so country clueless, that little segment's going to be come back roaring over the next couple of days because... <laughs> Yesterday, even before we got locked down, mate, I was outside trying to fence. Get that. Picture that. I was trying to fence. Daisy's dad bought me fencing gear, so I was out there trying to use it. And with my neighbour, Dan Trey, he's a handyman. He came over and gave me a hand. So, yep, we're here, mate. I've got a lot of appreciation for teachers because uh, reality is my kids drove me mad last time we were in lockdown. So here we go again. Wish me luck, mate. Your kids are old enough. My kids are three and four. They're mad. <laughs> uh, look, first of all, I also heard Trudy's news bulletin, and I, I'm more focused on the fact that it was Pinot Day. Oh, uh, how so that good! Was, I, I, found, <laughs> I find that more than acceptable when we get off here at about 9am this morning. And no, well, we I won't be look, having a massive debrief this morning. We'll be going straight to celebrate Pinot Day. I didn't want to bring it up, Bez. I didn't want that to be the first thing. But I have written it at the top of my list. It went straight from the bottom straight to the top. I said, Pinot Noir Day. How good is that? I can't wait to rip into a nice cold bottle tonight. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Especially if you've had a hard day fencing, mate. What about you? Manual <sighs> labour. Manual labour dag, they call them. <laughs> oh, mate. Tell me about your fencing. Like... What, what are you fencing? Oh. Are you posting rail? Are you so... wire and batting? What sort of fencing? So it's a, it's a wire fence. Um, so what's happened is of my neighbour and myself, we, we've put a um, shelter belt between our two, two houses just to stop the winds. And so what happened is he had to, he had to cut the fence to get in there and put all the um, bark and plant the trees and get the, get the, bob, uh, the bobcat in there so we could do all the work. Uh, and then afterwards, there was just an absolute mess. And I said, hey, bro, you wouldn't believe it, but Daisy's dad actually bought me all this fencing gear. I'll go grab it. He'll be so proud if I start using it. <laughs> so I go inside and I get these, uh, I don't know, what I can't even remember the names. Well, anyway, it's a crimper. I think it's called a crimper. They're very expensive too, like 500 bucks for this thing. Anyway, you pull the fences together. Yeah. and um, So my neighbour had me on the job. Uh, but the funniest thing is... <laughs> Oh, this is the worst story ever. So my neighbour's got a grinder. He's got a grinder in his um, not the app. He's got a grinder in his uh, in his car. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> so he's got a grinder in his car. And he said, go go grab the grinder because I need to cut some of these nails off uh, off the fence to to start using the bits that that powered up the fence. Oh, mate, I'm hopeless here. But uh, so I went and I got the grinder and I started using it. And what had happened <laughs> is the grinder didn't have the cutter on it. You know the little blade that cuts all the things? So I'm in there, yeah. and this little bit that holds on the blade, I'm in there going, and it's not cutting it. And I'm like, mate, it's not working. <laughs> and he comes over and says, you haven't put the grinder plate on it, you idiot. So I had to go to his truck and get the grinder plate. So I've just, so that was mate, the start, mate. Just you're on your forgiving a will, though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing plenty more over the next couple of days. But, yeah, so I put up this fence, and what else did I do? Just started burning some wood because there's heaps of rubbish around the house, just lots of leftover wood from the house building, and, yeah, just got stuck into it. So I'll be doing plenty more over the next couple of weeks, mate. What did you get up to yesterday? Good effort, bro. Well, I actually went around. We're doing, like, a little development thing around the road with a couple of our rentals, and 
Yeah. Actually, actually, let me get on to this. A bit of a gripe. So <laughs> a perfectly good house, right? A perfectly good house sitting there waiting to be sold. We're in a housing crisis, my friend. In a housing crisis, sitting there waiting to be sold. Can't get consent. Well, we can, but just having to wait for consent to come through. It's, it's sitting there empty. There's no houses on the market at the moment. Give me the consent. Let Baz get paid. How's about that? <laughs> anyway... Don't get me started on councils and governments, mate. Don't get me started. Anyway, we'll move on. Maybe not our show, eh? Maybe not Uh, our show. But anyway, um, (laughs) so I had to go around the road, and we're doing a few touch-ups. Sort of Alyssa's going to be doing a few jobs with, and one of them is we're going to put some ready lawn down. We did some ready lawn in the front, but we have to do the rest. But So she thought, well, dig it out by hand. I said, yeah, okay, no worries. So I was going to just sort of, scalp the top surface and then even it out with a bit of topsoil and then put some ready lawn down well it's not a job to be done by hand it's about eight by eight meters <laughs> square meter you know it's eight square meters and so I was, i've decided well i'm going to go around and get myself like a little digger or a little bobcat that was a job for this morning 9 30 wasn't it well that ain't got it yeah so that's a job yeah. for later on now so that's a bit frustrating. So did you try? So did you try to start doing it with the with with the spade, mate? Have you got any calluses on those pretty little hands you got there, or what? Oh, oh <laughs> how's about that shot across? Because no, 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 honestly, on the morning, honestly, because I remember when I started trying to bloody dig holes, and my brother would be listening at home, he'd be like, "Mate, you're a shambles." But I started digging holes. I was halfway through, and I had a big callus on the middle of that palm. So I was probably holding the spade there, mate. Shit. Oh. Anyway, anyway, right, these what, are what does everyone get, hands, get up to? You know? Wicked keeping hands. <laughs> but they're stern. They've got a few knocks around, you know. They've they've taken. A, I've very really caught many in the middle, as you know. They sort of on the end of the finger, and oh, so these hands are used that. to not manual labour. That's for sure. But they used to used to oh, be knocked around. But what is what did you get up to last uh, last lockdown, Bez? That, that's the question. On did you have any um, movies or shows you got into? Routines? Did you did you start the at home workouts? What what did you get up to? Yeah, I played snakes and ladders for the five week period that we had. I was sort of by the day I was trying to do a few exercises, and by the night I was brewing beers and making sure sampling those to to ensure that they. They were drinking nicely. So that was a, a game of snakes and ladders, which played out over, what was it, five-week lockdown or something? Um, so anyway, the minute we went into weeks, lockdown last night. Four weeks of level four. Pulled the four. kid out. Four weeks in level four. So last night I pulled the kid out is, and I put down another little batch of Williams Warren um, Brew, little APA, so that should be ready in about seven days' time. So hopefully we'll be getting out by then, and, um, and I'll be able to sample just a little bit of that. So, yeah, that's about it. Otherwise, there's heaps of jobs to do around the property, as you know, lifestyle properties that we live on, or as you call them, life sentence blocks. So there's, a little, there's plenty to do around there, which, which I actually needed to catch up on anyway. Probably, probably similar to yeah. yourself, mate. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, – I just remember last time we had a good little bubble, me and my neighbour, Mandy Chambers. Um, so she was, she was, she's like the kid's godmother, so she – she was absolutely amazing. But what we used to just, because um, my kids were like two and three, so they were still quite young. And, and I just, you know, they needed kind of a bit of guidance at home. They were destroying the whole house. So we used to go, me and my wife used to do shifts. So in the morning, uh, one of us would get up and do, 
don't know, six till 11, do that shift. And then the one, my daughter would go to sleep from 11 till two. And then I'd get up, not 11, but I'd get up about nine. And then she, at 11 o'clock, she'd go in the room and she'd have three hours or three or four hours in the room by herself. And I'd have to look after both kids or one of the kids. So we just had to break it up. That was the only way we could get through it because otherwise it was just absolutely draining. The kids were full noise the whole time. And, um, you know, we could only leave the house once to go for an hour, walk around the, around the neighbourhood. So I think back to then I had a good routine. I had good training workouts um, that I used to do with my neighbour that would keep me uh, kind of sane. We were cooking heaps. I started baking. So I started baking donuts. I made some homemade pies. Um, yeah, so it was, so it was quite... Snakes when you think, <clears throat> I was playing Snakes and Ladders. I played a lot of Call of Duty, I'll tell you that. I was playing a lot of PlayStation. That's, that was the worst thing because I had nothing going on the next day, so I knew I was going to get asleep, and so I played Call of Duty till about 1 in the morning. Uh, but, yeah, I can't believe it actually happened, to be honest, Bears. It's crazy we're, we're back at this situation with, with another lockdown. Yeah, we are. Let's hope it is a short one. How's about this for a text, Izzy, as well, on uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Morena, Baz and Izzy, I'm considering making it compulsory for my class to listen to SCNZ for their online learning. So it will require your finest grammatically correct BBC diction. Well, far out. That's a mouthful in itself. Extra Izzy <laughs> quizzes to study up for. Plenty of TAB odds to cover the maths program and some all-black black cap training drills for PE. Thanks so much, Tim, the teacher. That's a great message at 6.05 in the morning, Tim. We appreciate you taking the time to send us through, and good luck over the next few days. <laughs> we'll try and feed out a couple of drills that we can give you to get your youngsters budding, your budding all-black and black cap youngsters ready and primed for the seasons. Um, is Speaking of the TAB, yeah. He got him yesterday, didn't we get him? And oh, when God. Paul Moati comes back on, if he's still got a job, he might have been cut <laughs> after we took him to the cleaners yesterday with Bifrost. And to celebrate Bifrost, we've, we're going to get her trainer on, Emily Brown, later on to yes. talk us through her small small stable of horses and celebrate the success that was Bifrost yesterday on the back of Elephant on Saturday over in Australia. We've also got Tane Randall. The loose forwards were dynamic, yep. as you put it, in on Saturday in the Bledisloe. And who better to talk about that than former All Black captain and loose forward Tane Randall. And then we also have a blast from the past. And it's someone who I have a lot of time for and, and who I had a bit of a, a crush on as a rugby league player growing up. And it's Steve Renoff. How's about that? If you run off Renoff often enough, you will score tries. The great Brisbane... Bronco Hall of Famer Steve Renoff is going to be on the show later on as well. So that's what we've got coming up on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And I think we, well, I think we're going to find a way to pass these three hours, mate. We've got plenty to talk about. Might dry up if we stay in lockdown, if sports start shutting down. But for now, we've still got plenty of content. So we'll be able to get ourselves through a good morning. Stay with us. You are listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And a big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's 20 minutes past six on the 18th. Welcome into Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And double eight double three is the text number. So please get in touch with us. I don't think we're going to be able to do it without your correspondence throughout the morning. When you do get in touch on the text line, you might be our text of the month. And how good would a temper queen size bed valued at $10,000 be just to snuggle into during lockdown? So make sure you get in touch. Boys, I've just... 
a little observation from me last night watching the breaking news. The people that flock to the supermarkets, like they think that we're going to run out of food, even though directly the Prime Minister and every other sane person in the world is telling you we're not going to run out of food. What are your best theories here, Bez? Well, I didn't realise we had so many Australians in New Zealand, to be honest, were we? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty stupid, isn't it? Like, the supermarkets are open during lockdown. Like, it, it's one of the dumbest things that you could... Hang on, here's an idea. We're going into lockdown. One of the only things which is left open is the supermarket. But before we go into lockdown, I'm going to rush to the supermarket and surround myself with all these other people and try and buy everything off the shelves. Mm. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah, Why don't you just go home, open a bottle of Pinot on the cusp of Pinot Noir Day, <laughs> maybe have a nice meal with your family, and get yourself ready for lockdown. Hey, Ayers, what do you reckon, mate? Ah, oh, 100%, mate. I can't understand it. I can't understand why people just get so excited. I think once, I think it's, as soon as one starts, I think we're all like sheep. We all get all, all edgy and we're like, oh, no, they're stealing all the toilet paper. Oh, no, they've got all the detergent. I've got to go grab it because, you know, that's what they're doing. So I think I'm going to be a sheep and go do it as well. So if anyone, let's well, this. This, like, get a caller in. If anyone's a panic buyer out there, give us a call on 0800 because I want to hear, hear your thoughts. I want to understand why you think it's normal to go to the supermarket with every single other person in New Zealand and, and go buy the whole shop. Because like you said, Baz, if I think back to the last time, we're not going to run out of food. The supermarkets have prepared for this. They've, they've stocked up on all the essential items that, that Kiwi household needs. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny old thing, and I don't understand it, mate. Well, and also, yeah, well, I don't understand it either. But it's sort of like, well, where where do you sit on, say, last night? I, I had a few people sort of say, well, should we go to the pub? So well, mm. I mean, we could go to the pub, but like we're going on a lockdown at eleven fifty nine. Like, well, I'm I wanted a beer as well, right? But I'll just have a yeah. beer at home. I'll see you in. A, I'll see you in a week. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of the whole idea of a lockdown is not necessarily to celebrate it on the cusp of the lockdown. That extra time you're given is so that you get out there and, and you get what you need to do to be able to get yourself ready. Yeah. It's, and it's to get home. Mm. So we get that done and then we, we shut it down for a period and then we, we you know, control this thing, then we get back out there. That's what I would think anyway. Maybe um, people are just living life on the edge, you know. They're only running... Two two toilet two toilet rolls, a you know, at a house at a time, and you know they're living life on the edge, and maybe they get to a point where they're like, mate, I need to go and get some toilet rolls and some dishwashing liquid and and blah blah. I don't know, I don't know why they do it, and uh, yeah, it's one of those things. But I was sitting on the couch when um when the announcement was made, and sitting there listening to Ashley Bloomfield talk for about thirty eight minutes, waiting for Jacinda to come on and make the announcement, and um. Yeah, I was just sitting there, and once it got announced, I actually couldn't believe. It. I thought the I thought North Island maybe go level four, South Island maybe level two. And the first thing that came to my mind was um, I was meant to play golf on Tuesday. I had an opportunity to play golf on Tuesday, and I was like, Nah, I'm playing Wednesday with the Wednesday crew. You know, I'm ready to go. Can't wait. First thing that came to mind, I can't go to golf, Bez. I can't go play golf today. I'm absolutely distraught. That was the first thing that popped in my mind. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be stuck at home, and I can't go out and hit the hit the golf balls at, at the golf club with with Flem and, and the crew. So, um, 
Look, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a weird feeling, um, knowing that we're going back to here. But then I thought, oh look, there's there's things there's worse off people out there than us. You know, you look what's going on over in Afghanistan. We're going to touch on that a bit later with the Black Caps, maybe potentially touring, and want to hear your thoughts on that a bit later on, mate. So yeah, crazy, crazy times. Yeah, it is crazy times, mate. And you mentioned that the um, the the uh, prime minister's thing last night. Here's an idea. I, I don't quite understand the whole. I know it's a big issue, right? But why don't mm. we just we get that report that gets sent to all of our phones, right? It goes off on your phone. Everyone gets it, roughly around the mm. same time. But why don't just send the send that message out and then just hit like send a text to everyone or send something out? Why do we have to sit there and listen to a massive big spiel about what we're doing and why we're doing it. So everyone just trust that we're doing the right thing, get the job done, send the message out, everyone move on. Why do we have to have a camera time, bro? It's camera it? time. You gotta have the camera time when we you know, when the when when things aren't going too gravy, you know, you gotta get the camera time. Get out in the public and look yeah, at me, you know. Very convenient, isn't it? Anyway, you mentioned about the toilet paper or something. one of our good mates, Grant Elliott, who does he he does a show on Saturdays with Daniel McCarty on on our on our station SCNZ, and he sent out a tweet last night. That awkward moment when you go into lockdown, you genuinely need toilet paper when you go to the supermarket. <laughs> now this is a very provocative text from Grant because Grant's not really the type of bloke who uses toilet paper, is he? Like he's more of a bidet man, I would think. That sensitive little soul that he is, Grant. He just he, he'd definitely have a little bidet in his house and give himself a little a little flush and maybe a little pat down with a. Oh, with how good's a bidet though? Like that? How good is it? <laughs> I, I, was, I lived in Japan, mate. That was they were game changer. So good. Oh, mate! First time I went over to um, Asia and and the UAE and that, and I had a bidet in my room. I had no idea what a bidet was. I was like, what is that thing doing there? How do you use that? I was like, oh. I'll leave that to the more cultured, I guess. But yeah, yeah Grant Elliott would definitely have one. Definitely. So that, I'm not sure where he's going with that provocative text, is he? Oh, 100%. Anyway. Mate. Like, honestly, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. We've got real sidetracked here. This, game, <laughs> this lockdown we have got sidetracked. just rattled us. What do we got coming up, yeah, bro? A bit of a couple of couple of events in there as well. Apologies to everyone that's out there listening <laughs> and who's about to homeschool their kids today. Good luck with that. Oh, on that, are you going to are you gonna homeschool your kids in these next couple of days or are you just going to let them roam free? Oh, mate, let them roam free. Yeah, go go for gold. The house is going to get destroyed, mate. They're into everything. Oh, look, I'll, I'll do some fun things. We'll, we'll go outside. We'll ride the motorbike. Um, Arlo loves, you know, just doing things around the yard. So he'll pop around. Tilly will watch Rainbow Ruby and inside on YouTube and things like that. So, look, we'll, we'll just do whatever's necessary to get through the day because reality is you're looking at that clock and you just can't wait till 6.30 when it's bedtime. That, that's the reality. You just, you just, you just, you're always thinking ahead. You know, you want to spend time with them, but really, as you're looking at that clock, when's bedtime? When's bop bop? Let's go. Time for bed. See you, kids. <laughs> Mum and dad's time. Well, mate, I, I saw some, I saw some, um, some stories on, on uh, Daisy's Instagram yesterday. Mate, 
you got plenty of room to roam around on that farm of yours. What a joint you were running there. Well played, sir. Oh, don't, well played. don't you start. Don't you start, mate. That's, don't worry. I, I, I might have I might have got a bucket of balls from Clearwater. Uh, you know, just might have snuck them home in my truck yesterday. So I'll just be outside hitting balls all day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Anyway, it's coming up to 6.30 on the mor- in the morning on this Wednesday, the 18th of August, first day of lockdown here in New Zealand, level four lockdown. And on a brighter note, it is Penomar Day, so don't be shy. Do what you want to do. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock on morning one of lockdown. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. You can just stay with us throughout and we'll hold the ship down. It's time for a Love Racing update, boys. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing is loveracing.nz. They are racing's biggest fan. And obviously level four around the place, um, well, it creates serious kind of drama and complications for New Zealand racing. And I know that right now I just want to give all racing and industry participants a shout out. You'll be doing it. Um, a little bit different, a little bit weird like the rest of us today, and I know you will all be desperate to try and work out how the industry can keep going and the races can keep going. Like they have in Australia, where they've managed to keep racing going, it will be crippling at this time of year for the New Zealand racing industry heading into spring if the races can't go on. And I know that... um, Cameron George, Bernard Saundry, the team will be working with the government trying to get the best result here. Here is what's going on. So today there was meant to be races at Cambridge and on Friday there was meant to be races at Oamaru. They've both been abandoned. So they will be conducting those meetings with, uh, they'll be conducting meetings with stakeholder groups as NZTR and affected clubs and are going to try and work out how they can reschedule these meetings. The training of racehorses, this is quite an interesting one, movement to and from stables for general husbandry of horses is permissible, but trainers and training venues must seek to minimise the numbers of their staff, uh, use tracing codes, masks, social distance, and obviously hand sanitised, so like the rest of us. But from an animal welfare point of view, horses can be worked. So you can still train your horses if the trainer considers that it is necessary for the horse's well-being, which these racehorses right in the middle of their preparation. Absolutely. NZTR will update within the next 24 hours in accordance with the government updates. So, like I dare say, we'll hear more after 1 o'clock from them. We will try to track down some uh, official comment in the next couple of days on our show. We'll try and be right at the forefront for it because I know a lot of you racing people will be listening and curious as to what's going on. And just from my point of view, again, I, I really hope we can find a way to keep racing here. Seeing what it did for the industry in Australia that they managed to carry on last time, it was huge. People were punting in Australia, not punting on our racing. And I know it's different. I know it's a different playing field. But I just implore the government to work with the industry here to, to please, during spring, find a happy result for everyone that, you know, we meet the safety standards and it would just be gutting for the industry after everything it's been through and the little upswing we're in if we completely get the pol- balloon deflated here. The balloon was well and truly up yesterday, boys, at about 3.30, wasn't it? Bifrost. Bifrost got us paid, Izzy. Bifrost got us paid. Oh, mate. I was so good. I checked my account at about, I think it was about 4.20 after I finished the fencing the 
that uh, the shout about, and I checked it in there, and it had two sixty nine, and I was like, "Hey, I've been paid short here. I got it at four dollars twenty, so I can't <laughs> wait to get Paul Moati on the show and ask him what's going on. You can't, you can't penalise me because people scratch their horse. That is." What's on with that, Baz? <laughs> Absolutely distraught. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is, that is awesome. I can't wait to hear what Paul Moati's response to that is in the TAB. I think, uh, I think in their defence, their pools are all. It does say in the fine print, final nah, field. I don't read the fine print. Final field deductions apply, <laughs> and I think what that sort of means is that if they don't apply that then they definitely go broke and they would have gone broke yesterday because the whole of SENZ was on by Friday. <laughs> and not just SENZ, but there was a wider punting group which then climbed in as well. It's like a movement. It's like a revolution around oh. the punt. And how lucky are we that then we can get Emily Brown on later, the co-trainer of by Frost and, of course, that. Very good horse who's over in Australia. I'd actually love to get get the numbers, get the numbers from Paul on how many uh, actually how many people had a bet on Bifrost. Because, like you said, there's an actual movement. Because you boys are creating a little bit of a following with your, you know, your tips. Because I swear, like probably the last four or five have come in, and so everyone's starting to pick up, listen, and go, okay, we're gonna get paid here. Oh, don't put the mockers on us, is crikey? When oh, sorry, we're on sorry, to a good sorry. thing, we just. We just keep rolling. We don't. We don't start to challenge the punting gods. We just sit there yeah. and say we're on a good run. But we know, you know, we know how this game works. Anyway, speaking of a good run, on the back of that, so I went to bed last night. Well, not went to bed. I sort of, I went and had to start cooking some dinner actually, and I put uh, the Geelong Greyhounds were on, and so mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, well, made a bit of a quid today. I fell by frost. May as well just put a little. Put a little sly bet on the greyhounds. So I found a little a little greyhound called Smoking Charlie. Race nine at Geelong. Mm. Paid $5.50. Just checked my account just then. Got up, son. You beauty. Another. That's, yeah, that's, that's So I've got Bifrost and Smoking Charlie in the greyhounds. So she's been a good day on the punt, mate. Do you might know what I did, mate? Might celebrate with you the know nice what pen on my day. I had... You do? 269 on my account, and I always try and like round it up, so I put 69 on a, on a um, horse. But what I went and did, I put I didn't think I did it, so I put it on again. So I put a hundred, like, what's that mess? $158 on this horse to win, and it's come second by a nose, mate. So I'm back down, and then I put a hundy on this thing that one paid nine bucks, and it led the whole way, and then came last. So I'm back down to $31. I knew you were getting paid too much here from SCNZ. That is good punt. <laughs> <laughs> Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Oh, wow, we. I'm a mug, 6.38, 6.38 in the morning. And we're trying to, we'll, we'll try and get you paid as well on the weekend with something at some point. Anyway, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, SCNZ.
It is 17 minutes away from 7 o'clock. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks for joining us this morning and for the rest of the week. Turno Day had just a bit of breaking news through morning reporters uh, reporting that the latest case of COVID in the community is the Delta variant. So um, the Prime Minister and Ashley Bloomfield obviously yesterday alluded to that and, and we kind of figured as much, but that is confirmed. More, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say more importantly, but just as fun and <laughs> what we want to do now is the quiz. Oh, I under. 150811 on the Kid Arts Higher phone line is the number. It's quizzy dag time. Give us a call if you want to play the Quizmaster. Play with the Quizmaster here because there's a $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. And during lockdown, let's be honest, you might need it. You might need it. You might want to have a punt. So join us now for the quiz with the Ismaster. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The Quizmaster, the Ismaster, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's quizzy dag time, and it's that time in the morning where I'm, I'm actually feeling a little bit generous today. I'm feeling nice. We've got a nice, easy quiz here. Actually got a text message. Baz, legend, I loaded up with eight girls at home the next few days. I'm happy the account's loaded, and I can not I can hide and punts in the man cave. Well, he's got it switched on. So this guy that potentially next on the line, Jordan. Jordan, are you there? Yeah, g'day. Good morning, mate. You've hey, got guys. five questions. Yeah, good, right. good. How you, how'd your lockdown going, brother? Yeah, I'm just going to work. Oh, you're essential. <laughs> you like us. Good work. Keep it up, mate. Yeah. What do you do? Right. Uh, I just work in a warehouse for nice, providing essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, there you go. There you go. Here we go, mate. You might give yourself 50 bucks to have a punt while you're at the warehouse. You can't do that, though. The bosses will fire. Here you go, mate. <laughs> Number one. I'm the boss a of the warehouse. card. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here oh, he is, the boss. You don't need 50 yeah, bucks, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you can donate it. You can donate it. Here we go. Number one, brother. A sports card recently sold for $9.4 million. What sport did this card come from? Oh, I thought you said it was an easy one this morning. Um, was it basketball? <laughs> no, bud. No, no, no. Sorry, mate. Better luck next time. David, good morning, David. Hey, buddy. Good thing, how you? Here you go, mate. Yeah, very good, mate. Thanks for calling in. Here we go. A sports card recently sold for $9.4 million. What sport did this card come from? Oh, Formula One. Oh, Formula One. No. Sorry, David. Better luck next time. You know yeah. that. You got the question. 0800 150 811 if you think you got what it takes. Craig, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Morning, morning. We're up to question number one, mate. A sports card recently sold for $9.4 million. What sport did this card come from? Do I have a guess at baseball? Yes, that's a great guess. Well done. Good start. All right, question number two. Who stepped down as the Blues assistant coach? Dumanga. Dumanga. Well done. Question number three. Amelia Ran 
Ikinazio has left which ANZ Premier side? Never heard of the person. You never heard of Amelia-Ann Ikinazio? She's the greatest shooter. She's a Silverfern shooter. She's out of... Yeah. I never oh, gave you the answer there, but... I don't know. Mystics. Have a guess. Which ANZ Premier side? Mystics. No. Sorry, mate. Bang, bang. No. Sorry. Tim. Good morning, Tim. Morning. How are you, mate? Amelia-Ann Ikinazio has left which ANZ Premiership side? Um, Southern Steel. Oh, boys, boys, boys. Tough quiz. I thought this would be easy. Here we got Terry. Good nah, morning, Terry. Not easy. Not easy. <laughs> Pulse. Terry. Pulse. Hello. Pulse. Yeah, well done, mate. Well done. Yeah, good on you. Luke Williams and Butch Miller were a Kiwi tag team in the WWF. What was their in-ring name? Five, four, three, um, two, uh, one. Bushwhackers. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, <laughs> left the late. Oi, to take home 50 bucks for lockdown, mate. Here we go. Good. Which former Black Cap is returning to be the team's coaching ranks? Five, four, three. Two, one. Bam! So, nah, sorry, bud. Sorry, mate. Ne- better luck next time, mate. Chris! Hello. Hey, Chris, mate. Question number five. Take it home 50 bucks, mate. It's all yours. Which former Black Cap is returning to be the team's coaching ranks? The man that always cleaned up Adam Gilchrist, Bond. Yes, well done, well done. There you go, Chris. Hang on the line, mate. That 50, du- 50 bucks will go good in lockdown, so you've won it. Good to see the team at TAB. Thank you so much. There you go, Baz. That was quite easy, I thought. Well done, Is. No, it wasn't easy. I think that was quite difficult. Oh. Your your assessment of that one was a little bit stiff. But anyway, good effort. Plenty of oh. calls. Everyone at home on lockdown, isn't it? Right, we've got to get off to a uh, bit of a break as well, mate. It's uh, 10 minutes to 7. On Wednesday the 18th, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. For Rebel Sport, celebrating 25 years of helping Kiwis find their win, it's New Zealand's top 25 sporting moments from the last 25 years. Number five. Oh, it's an impossible argument, really. Who is New Zealand's most successful Olympian of all time? It's pretty much the most apples versus oranges debate of all time. One thing that is absolutely for certain is that what Lisa Carrington achieved in Tokyo makes her our most decorated athlete in the conversation. And Carrington of New Zealand, as usual, gets away to a blistering start. Powerful, concentrated, and in great form. Almost a boat length clear. Wham! What a finish! No praise is too high. Oh, they've wound it up again. New Zealand, Lisa Carrington, Caitlin Regal, another gold on this marvellous day of canoeing. No better combination in world kayaking. She's New Zealand's most successful female Olympian and equal gold medalist. 
Her haul is extraordinary. She is leading at the moment. Half a boat length ahead. A medal here. That would make Carrington the best. And she comes to the line. She is New Zealand's most successful Olympian of all time, Lisa Carrington. That looked easy. Half a boat length. K1 200, K1 500 and K2 500 golds in the same Olympics. Backing up from her golds in Rio and London, it really is a staggering achievement. And it's maybe the fashion in which she did it that is the most incredible aspect. Racing for the better part of the whole of last week in Tokyo. Multiple races on the same day in that unbearable Tokyo heat. You would be forgiven for thinking she wasn't from the same planet as any of her rivals. And without fail, every race, she blasted away at the starting blocks and was just never headed by the field. Lisa comes across as any of our truly great athletes seem to do. She's humbled to be on the world stage, grateful for the opportunity and always acknowledging where she has come from. We hope that I hope he is proud of her as, as is the rest of New Zealand and her gold rush in Tokyo will go down as one of the greatest sporting efforts in New Zealand's history. Mate... She is amazing. Oh, I've never had the privilege of being able to meet Lisa, and I've absolutely loved one day meet her and just see what makes her tick and see what goes on behind the scenes to for someone so special like that. And you touched on it in that reading. And in, in one day, she's having multiple races back to back, seventy-five minutes between each race. You know the the downs coming down from that 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 performance before to having to recover, relax, and then build yourself up to go again in a K2 500 kind of race, mate. Unbelievable. I don't know much about canoeing. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what goes on behind the scenes, but as an athlete and as a person that loves where she comes from, she's always, she's a proud Māori girl. Um, mate, I'm just so proud of her, and, and hopefully one day we can get her on the show, Bears. Yeah, absolutely is. That's a nice way to sum it up as well, and... I'm similar to you. I don't know a lot about canoeing and certainly not going to proclaim to, but you can, you know, excellence in a sporting field when you see it. Mm. And she is at the very, very top of that pile. And, and just the way she carries herself as well is just such a, a symbol of what New Zealand, us as New Zealand people want to be. And, and she does it on the biggest stage. So a true sporting legend. And we'll have another New Zealand top 25 sporting moment from the last 25 years with Smitty. And it's all thanks to Rebel Sport. They're celebrating 25 years of Rebel Sport. It is coming up to 7 o'clock in the morning on the 18th of August. And you've been listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're going to pop off for a McCafe if we can get a hold of one in lockdown. Let's see if we can. Anyway, here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. And good morning, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It's Wednesday the 18th of August and we're just after 7am in the morning. And we've got Steve Renoff coming up shortly, looking forward to playing that. We have Emily Brown, the trainer of Elephant Bifrost yesterday's fill-up horse and Rhinoceros, a horse to watch over the spring. And we have former All Black captain Tane Randall as well, who's going to talk to us about the All Blacks about some leadership and also dive a little deeper into the loose forward perform uh, the performance of our loose forwards in the Bledisloe so far. 
Uh, Izzy, not great news in terms of four cases overnight, mate, but um, we'll try and keep a positive mm. positive theme on it. But yeah, just picked up yeah. on that in, in Trudy's news bulletin. Yeah, not ideal, mate. Not ideal, especially one of them being a, a nurse in the Auckland Hospital. Um, that's not ideal. And I guess the kind of thoughts we get from that, mate, is, um, you know, it's not just with in Devonport. It's it's everywhere in Auckland. So, uh, yeah, I don't see anything short of a four-week lockdown out of this, mate. Like, you think back to last year when we locked down, we only had, I don't know, handful of cases at the start got out to about 90 cases and then yeah four-week lockdown so look it is what it is we've got to do what we've got to do and um look best thing about it mate is we're working from home so we'll keep everyone at home entertained mm. we'll keep the light heart we'll bring some energy we'll bring some positive vibes because let's be honest when you're watching the news it can be pretty deflating and draining when you constantly hearing about the negative things so we'll try and bring some positivity to it and what is positive steve renoff and his headgear mate can't wait to chat to him yeah no it'll be good to chat to the great he is a great too he's a brisbane bronco hall of famer mm. how's about that he's won four premierships mate but anyway we'll get on to that soon hey um just one bit of positive news then I guess yeah. the crowd numbers at Eden Park being down the other night were probably a good thing when you look at, at all of this. It might not be a bad, might be a little positive spin on it. Let's always look for a silver lining, my <laughs> friend. It is 7.05 in the morning. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. SCNZ. Well, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And today we are very, very lucky be joined by well he's a legend of the nrl he was named in australia's indigenous team of the century he is a four-time premiership winner four times thank you for coming he's a type one diabetic as well he's a father of five now us as kiwis well we're passionate rugby league followers here in this country and a name that all league fans from the 90s will remember he is the owner of the most famous headgear ever worn in the nrl history he scored that try from his own in goal in 1992 for the Broncos when they went on to win their first ever premiership title, and that was against St. George. Rabs Warren, well, he used to have a field day with the catch cry. If you run off, run off often enough, you will score tries. Welcome to Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and a big good morning to the Brisbane Bronco Hall of Famer, Steve Renoff. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Baz and Izzy. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's great to speak to you, mate. Crikey, well, tell us, what have you been up to, mate, in retirement? How's it been treating you? Yeah, mate, well, I, uh, I finished out of England. I, I finished um, in 2001 out of England. I went over there for a couple of years and played with the Wigan Warriors. And, um, mate, since then, really now, uh, we, we've set up uh, the Deadly Choices Program, which is Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Health um, Initiative that we run through um, 21 of our... Aboriginal medical centres here in the southeast corner around Brizzy, and we that program is about engaging Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people into our health centres to get health checks, obviously around preventative health. And uh, you know we've been rolling that out now 11 years that program, and it's getting stronger and stronger, and we get a a bit more of a national footprint with that. That must be quite difficult in in COVID times to be able to get out there and and really reach people face to face. You you probably had to pivot. Is that fair? To still be able to reach those people yeah so we obviously social media we we use a lot at the moment um obviously when COVID hit um early last year um so we had to then 
go online for a lot of our messaging to our community. You know, we, we work with the whole community uh, from mums and bubs and their babies right through to all the elders so and everything in between. So we've got these varied uh, programs that we have, um, but now we go into a studio and, and do the messaging through, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, and, and, and Twitter and the like. So we, we use that platform, but we, we do have a lot of followers online, believe it or not. So um, we can still get the message out, especially at the moment with COVID. So that, that's been great for us. Well, that's pretty awesome. That, you know, I guess a profile and also the drivers able to achieve so much for the next generation of people, and particularly Indigenous people over there in Australia, mate. Hey, um, us on Baz and Izzy here, we're, we're league fans. We really are. We're, we're all sports fans, really. But talk to us, mate. The Broncos. You played in the golden era of the Brisbane Broncos. What about the current day Broncos side? What's happened to them, mate? Yeah, look, it, it, it is. It, it's in a sad position at the moment. Um, but it, that just basically, Baz, it, it came down to um, really poor recruitment. And, and to be honest, and unfortunately for that group of boys, uh, it, you know, that, that's they're in that at the moment. And I, I think it's it's already, we can see a little bit of a difference of the way they're playing, but we, we've got a lot of young boys that came together uh, in the last couple of years that probably shouldn't have, uh, to be honest. You know, I'm talking young, young guys. So all of a sudden, you know, really like they were taken out of school boys and, and this group of boys are all put into the Brisbane Broncos A-grade jersey. And that just doesn't work these days. It, it, it's got to be a bit better planned and, Look, I think with Benny Eichen and Kevin Walters, they would, they've already addressed that. So going forward, um, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot more positive uh, performances and, and, and the like coming out of the Broncos. Hey, Steve, uh, great to chat to you, mate. It's Izzy here. I just want to ask you about um, the Indigenous players at the moment. They are probably the biggest names in our sport with the NRL. You've got Latrell Mitchell and things like that. Have you seen any up-and-coming names we should probably watch out for going forward in the in the league league area? Yeah, look, uh, there's, there's a young guy here in, at the Broncos, and out of he's, he's my pick. He's from up home, from where I'm from. He, he's mobs from Sherberg. I'm from Mergen. And, um, so Selwyn Cobbo. So he, uh, he he's a good lad. And, you know, he plays fullback, winger there in the wing. He played centres uh, last week. But uh, I, I think his position is fullback. So remember that name, Selwyn Cobbo, and um, he, he's a gun. He just goes out there and has a rip, and um, you know he's, he's very much a, a very good talent. Um, so he's he's come through the system here. He's only 18. As I said, we've got a lot of young boys here, and um, you know the end of being men, to be honest. Oh, I'll be looking out for that name. Steve Renoff has got big things for the young gun out of Australia at the moment. Hey, um. What about the current state? Uh, what's the biggest difference between today's game and, and the, the days when you played back in the day? Yeah, I think we had a lot more players like um, Alfie Lang. I mean, I talk about Alfie and Kevin. Obviously, they were very, very important to our success. And they they talk about in, in, in rugby and rugby league about playing eyes up footy. And um, it's what play it virtually means what you play what's in front of you. And um, Wayne Bennett really let us play that way so we we had a game plan we had that we started with that but if we saw something um out of, outside of that we were, we got the freedom to attack that so um the good teams are doing that at the moment but the i, I think the 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 way they have to play the game is developed you know 
a lot of people agree with this. It's become a little bit robotic um, and a bit more rigid. Um, but the thing is, when you see the teams that, that are going well, and, and South showed it, they showed at the moment, and that's solely because they're coached by Wayne Bennett. He's allowing Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell uh, to, to do what they see out there within this uh, framework that they they, they got to stick to. Uh, but they play off the cuff, and it's, it's all footy. And I think a lot of people enjoy it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting you mentioned Wayne Bennett because he's obviously he's been a, across some of our teams over the years as well, and he helped the 2008 Kiwis um, run a train on the... On the kangaroos as well. So uh, he just seems like one of those guys who just knows how to get the best out of his players, eh? Oh, he does. And and that's that's the beauty of Wayne. And he's doing exactly the same. What what he did for New Zealand, you know, and, you know, not that I was that happy with him that night. But anyway, <laughs> go, you go forward now to what he's doing with South. And he loves that style of footy. He's just given Cody Walker a massive rap um, not, not long ago about... Um, you know, he, he loves the style of footy that he plays. And he said he's in, he, you know, I'd have to find a, a space for him in his all-time best team. So that's a big rap coming from Wayne Bennett. And um, he, he just loves that freestyle way of playing footy. And, you know, but he, he, he's so good at getting into a player's head. I mean, I even back go back when Australia cricket. I mean, as you don't mind me talking a little bit about cricket, but really struggle stage. And I actually said at a... At a function, they need to get Wayne Bennett just to have a chat to the boys and um, sort their heads out and wouldn't go too far off. Uh, you know, he, he could talk to anyone in any sport. Yeah, so I'm pleased you mentioned cricket as well because it was uh, just for everyone out there, I had the opportunity to meet Steve at, and we're talking to Steve Renoff, the, the great Brisbane Bronco and, and Kangaroo here on the line out of Brisbane. I had the opportunity to meet Steve uh, over at Chris Lynn, who's been on our show as well. And entertained us, had the opportunity to meet Steve at Chris Lynn's barbecue. And we did. We sat around and we chatted. Well, Steve wanted to talk cricket and I wanted to talk rugby league. So we got on famously within uh, within the space of a couple of hours. But it's interesting you make mention that the the, the Australian cricket team could do with someone like Steve, uh, like um, Wayne Bennett, because they do seem just a little short of something at the moment. And to me, it looks like cohesion. And if you look back at your side, the Broncos, um, of the most successful Broncos period, you just looked like you all got on famously and knew exactly what you were trying to do. Yeah, exactly right, Baz. And, and that's what it was about. You know, we went out there, we played for each other. We we played for the guy, you know, this is a bit cliche, but we played for the guy beside us. And um, we we had a lot of respect in that and we worked on that at training. But what what, what happened then over the years, because there's a lot of us, you know, were f- very young when we came in that... Um, that grew and we, you know, we became mates and we still are mates, obviously. And so we went out there and we played for each other. And, uh, you know, I hate to say these things that, you know, it all sounds a bit cliche, but it's basic and, and that's the way it works. And if you, 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 you know, these days you see guys are coming in and out of teams. So sometimes the way player movement happens at the moment, that, that can't happen. There's too many players moving around and, um, you know, talking about other clubs. So I don't know how you get cohesion within that team unit, but we definitely had it. Um, and looks like South have it at the moment. And, you know, as you said, I, I think this is going back a couple of years with the Australian cricket team. I think they could really use it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to talk about their players moving around because even mid-season now you get players being on loan to other other teams. But, mate, you, you mentioned that you're still mates with some of the guys that you played with 
back in the day and you did achieve so much with some of those guys you, you do get the opportunity to catch up with regularly yeah definitely you know well, well i live in a city I'm, I'm at red hill as you'll know where that is um um you know got mickey hancock and um alfie langer and kevy walters and darren Lockyer, they all live around this area so we're sort of virtually in a city um you know we, we could walk to each other's place uh, in five minutes so um, yeah, every now and then you get to run into them. Chris Johns is just down the road as well. So it, it, it is, it, it's probably a little bit scary at times. They're probably a bit too, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that can, that, that can lead to a bit of, uh, a uh, bit of fun that turns into not, not so much fun. So, but they, they're good to, it's good that we can, uh, still catch up every now and then. It'd be remiss of us to not ask about the Warriors, to not ask Steve Renoff, the, the great Steve Renoff about the Warriors. What do you think, mate? They've gone three in a row. Are they a chance? Tell me they're a chance. Look, they are on any given day. And look, you've got to give it to them. I've got so much respect for that team from where they came from last year and with the start of COVID and they just got torn apart and they had players filling in here and there. Um, you've got to give them the respect that they deserve and that they just keep coming out and they keep... You know, they, they win those games, and they're, they're the games you want to win, like on the weekend. You know, they got all, they got that win. They, they scraped it out. But the thing is, you know, and um, they're without Roger. Um, so, you know, he, he sort of exited um, a couple of weeks ago, but they've actually won since. So just shows a bit of character that, that's in this group of group of men. And, um, I you know, I, I think there's still that gap, and this is not just the Warriors either, about the, the top four or five compared to the rest of the competition. Um, I still think it's going to be those top four or five be there at the end uh, that are already at the top of the ladder. But you've got to give the, the, the Warriors the respect they deserve and, and how they've made their way. And they're, they're not, you know, they're in the battle for, for eight. So that that's great for them from where everything that's happened to them. And, um, you know, and we, I love watching the way they play the footy. And it's funny, I'll just give you a little story. I was, I was in the city uh, doing a bit of work and I, I drive past the hotel. I think it was a Sofitel. And I saw these, all these lads in a minibus. And I was wondering, I was thinking, oh, yeah, they're some sort of sportsman. And I'm, I've gone past, I've noticed the place, it was, it was all the Warriors boys. So got to give them a big cheap <laughs> wave as I went past. So. It was, <laughs> You know that um, you know they're they're relaxed and and you know uh, you know obviously playing good footy in, in the times that we're in. Oh, the great Steve Renoff, mate. Thanks so much. Sorry about me being a mute, but I've got my daughter right by my feet, and she's been an absolute disaster. So I had to try to <laughs> shut her up somehow. But we really appreciate your time, mate. I could actually picture you in that centre jersey plan for the All Blacks one day. Joseph Manu, hopefully he comes over and represents his family but we really appreciate you mate thanks so much for your time and all the best and no. hopefully we'll catch up with you soon yeah thank you thanks Bas. oh but a tina turner it was a tina turner rugby league era wasn't it everyone that was a rugby league fan in the 90s will remember that sound simply the best grand final day Steve Renoff, well, he was at four of them, and he won all four. What a legend, and what an amazing man who's doing some wonderful things as well right now for the Indigenous people of Australia. Um, plenty of efforts in behind the scenes, and that program has been in action for a long time now. He still does a little bit in and around rugby league too. 
And as you can hear through the way he spoke, he uh, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to cohesion and uh, culture within a group. And wow, what a shout out he's got for Wayne Bennett. Izzy, you must have been pretty impressed with that, eh? Mate, I was impressed with you. You must have had a sore back after the interview. You just carried me that whole way. So thank you so <laughs> much for that, mate. I had Tilly running around causing absolute chaos. So I really appreciate it. But what an absolute legend. And we want to hear from you at home. What's your greatest memories from back in the old school era? Give us a text on double eight double three. Want to hear your greatest player? Could be Steve Renoff. Could be a Gordon Tellis. Could be Kevy Walters, Alfie Langer. Who, who's your greatest player of all time that we that you you know when you remember league and the old school games? He's the first player that comes to your mind. Give us a text on double eight double three because there's some absolute champions out there, Baz. Oh, and some of the ones you just reeled off to is he brilliant? Absolutely brilliant. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. That was Steve Renoff out of Brisbane. You're listening to us, and we say a big thank you to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Six minutes past seven on Baznizzi for breakfast. Lockdown day one, and we've got plenty to offer, so stay with us. Double eight, double three is the text line. Some awesome texts flooding in that the boys are going to get to shortly. And remember, when you text, where you could be enjoying your lockdown a little bit more in a queen-size temper bed valued at $10,000 for text of the month. There's some nice ones there already, Baz. Yeah, there is. There's, uh, what have we got here? The talented Cliff Lyons, the magician, old Cliffy Lyons. Remember him is in the Manly Seagulls jumper. I think he was playing standoff, wasn't he? Was six. Cliffy Lyons, yeah, the magician. A, I used to love I used to love watching Manly Seagulls. It was back in the Matthew Ridge days, you know. Used to yeah, sort of yeah. they used to be my team before the Warriors came on the scene. I was a big Steve Menzies, mate. Menzies in the headgear. Oh, you love a man in headgear, eh? Steve Menzies. <laughs> What a legend. He played He played deep into his career too, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he went for very long What else time. we got there? we got uh, got a great one here. League, for me, the team is the Raiders, and the player is Big Mal Meninga. Absolute legend, that guy. But the team also had Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, Brett Mullins, Glenn Lazarus, Gary Boucher, absolute boss team. That's from Mark. Unbelievable. Bears, there's some absolute legends in that. Those Texas. What about yeah, you, mate? Obviously, tank. Steve Renoff. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steve Renoff, Steve Renoff, Alfie Langer, bit of you know, bit of Wendell Sailor as well. But I, I will save him for you because I know you're a big Wendell Sailor fan, is? I love Wendell. Wendell was probably the the guy that I loved watching play for the Bronx. I always remember back. I was only probably like six or seven years old. I was in Hawks Bay watching the the Broncos team play and loving them what they're about, but. Look, well, probably one of my all-time favourites will be Tukey, Clinton Tukey for the Warriors, mate. You remember when Tukey <laughs> used to run it from yeah. all parts of the park and we used to do that first hit up at the start of each game? That's what got me yeah. going, mate. The Tukey Meister. I'd love to get Tukey on because he is an absolute champ. I loved how he played. Followed by Hytrock Cassini. Remember Hytrock Cassini <laughs> oh, when he was giving a large as well? <laughs> Dialing oh. it back. 
Oh, tell us, tell us out there, double A, double three. Oh, he he ran super hard, super straight, absolutely gold. And that's the sort of, that's the NRL way, isn't it? Well, especially in the old days, used to just run straight up the guts in those Origin games. Boom, first couple of hit ups. Anyway, tell us double eight, double three. What are the former NRL players you want to hear on Baz and Izzy for breakfast? How we'll try and do our best to get them on. We brought you Steve Renoff today. Well. To be fair, we're going to bring you Wendell Saylor in a few days as well because I've already reached out to yes. him. He's also in that little circle of Brisbane friends. When you play for the Heat for about eight or nine years, mate, you meet some of the Brisbane legends. And Chris Lynn is a big league man, and he introduced me to a few of those guys. And Wendell's keen to come on the show and chat to us as well. So you need to get yourself ready as to ask a few questions rather than just fanboying there, okay? Like I was with Brian Habana. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I went on mute, mate. Mate, on mute. I was like, oh, hey, what do I... Even when Warnie was on, mate, I was like, oh, I'm so nervous here. I don't want to say something. He just absolutely sprays me here. So I was like, just, I'll just shut up, eh? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Coming up to 7.30 on the, in the morning on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 8 this morning, and it is a lockdown morning. Getting through with some fantastic reminiscing on the Rugby League golden eras. One player who would have gone awesome back then but went well in his era was Roger Tuivasa Sheck, and a likely Auckland rugby debut for RTS is looking, well, unlikely because there's uncertainty around the travel plans for the other Kiwi teams since we're in lockdown level four. Uh, it's looking really, really unlikely, isn't it? So the Auckland region, we're locked down for at least seven days and the rest of the country three days, as we know. So many of sport events, as Trudy has just mentioned, will be uh, most likely delayed and, and a lot of them cancelled, which is a shame. So he was looking, Roger Tuovasashek was probably going to make his debut against the Bay of Plenty on Saturday night. This match cannot take place during level four lockdown. So there's there's a lot of waiting for rugby league fans to see, well, actually rugby fans to to see Roger Tuivasa-Shek um, get into the Auckland setup and run riot. I guess the NPC fans in general are going to have to sit like the rest of sports fans and wait and see, watch the space about how they can and what levels they can play under and how they can make sure those fixtures go ahead. Now, this one's something you mentioned, Izzy, in the first hour, actually. The Black Caps Pakistan tour is subject to security reassessment as players raise concerns well, we know what's going on um, with the Taliban's takeover of Kabul and, and Afghanistan. So we were meant to be sending this this um, 15-man strong squad under Tom Latham to tour Bangladesh and Pakistan. But because we're Pakistanis geographically, um, they've still got some matters to work out and they're looking to kind of reassess and just try and ease some security concerns, which is fair enough because, I mean, I don't really know from a player's perspective, but reading the news and seeing what's going on there in Afghanistan of course you would have a million questions running through your head about is it safe should we be going so NZC have a bit of work to do there with the players Baz did you ever tour Pakistan mate yeah I did mate yep um not long after so the New Zealand test side um when they were over there and the bomb went off and then the tour the remainder of that tour was cancelled when I say the bomb went off, it went off in the hotel of the 
um, Black Caps accommodation and um, there's some pretty horrific so uh, scenes actually and spoken to some of those guys who were involved in that tour and look it's um yeah, it was it was pretty bleak times and and some grim viewing and and some tough uh, tough things for them to have to go through as well so that that tour was called off and and then of course such was the way back in those days um that you had to meet your obligations again at some point uh so we had to then go back and um, play five one-day games to make up for the test match which was missed uh, the team was actually led by Chris Keynes at the time as well. Um, and we had about seven debutants, I think. And um, we ended up losing the series 5-0. And no one really showed themselves in any glory at all on the field, rather other than really Hamish Marshall, who had a standout tour. But look, it was a really, it was a tough place to tour then because of the security surrounding it. When you come from New Zealand, and we're so lucky here, um, barring our current situation, obviously we're so lucky here that um, you know, we are a, a very safe country and we don't have to deal with a lot of these extremist situations that some of the, the um, Asian countries have to deal with. So it was, yeah, it's not something I particularly enjoyed, but the country itself is a beautiful country and I have a lot of time um, for the, the people of Pakistan as well. They are quite amazing people, incredibly generous, and, and I had the opportunity to play in the Pakistan Premier League for a number of years too and, and really got to know a lot of them really, really well. So, yeah, I, I completely understand the concerns that New Zealand cricket are going through. And as you did bring it up earlier on about um, the fact that the tour might not go ahead, and I'd be interested, I, I, being someone who's sort of been on the inside of that, I completely understand it. But where do you sit on, on the situation, mate? Do you think the tour should go ahead or, or shouldn't go ahead? Um, look, uh, with the current situation, like it's quite funny how a week can change your mindset. You know, we're not so long ago we spoke to Tom Latham about the exciting prospect of taking a squad of 31, you know, players over there because you're building depth within the squads. Um, they're going, they named the T20 World Cup team, then you've named the squads to go to Bangladesh and Pakistan. So a week ago, you know, very excited. And then now we've had Afghanistan, what's going on over there with the Taliban and seeing the absolute chaos and scenes from what we see back here. We don't know what's going on there on the ground, but from what I can see and understand, it's pretty um, it's pretty chaotic over there. And I feel for the, for the Afghanistan people and what's going on in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Never been over to that part of the world, but... Being close to that, and you just speaking about, you know, a bomb in your hotel. I know that most of these players got families, they've got kids. So, look, there is just so much more that these guys have to think about going forward. And the reality is, sports just sport at the end of the day. And and these guys are going to put their safeties and their decisions uh, first. Um, go, like I know you guys have met in the middle, and in the past you've you've played in the UAE, so maybe that might be another option for these players to, to head to UAE, uh, Pakistan, come there and, and meet in the middle kind of set up. Is that, does that make sense? Is that kind of what they, you think they're going to head down? Yep. Well, I think that's certainly one of the things they'll be discussing is um, you know, how, how do we still ensure the tournament go, or the, the tour goes ahead because there's big, there's big business, you know. There's a lot of money at stake, particularly mm. for the Pakistan Cricket Board and, and the broadcasting rights, and they would have already been pre-sold, so... There'll be some challenges in and around that, but look, I guess the, the most difficult thing for Pakistan is that they only come into this because geographically they are so close to Afghanistan right now, and and yeah. the Taliban operating in Afghanistan or Af operating in Kabul, it does 
put a little shroud the tour in a little bit of doubt. But let's see. Fingers crossed Bez. that things start to Bez, Bez. Sorry, work sorry, just before we go, if there's an option on Monday, if there's an option on Monday and you've got an option to go or not, would you go and why? Uh, I'd need to see some more information, mate, to be honest. I'll be watching the news um, uh, a lot and seeing what how things sit. But I'd also be wanting, and I know this will be happening, be wanting some yep. ind- independent security reports that would be passed on to New Zealand Cricket to give us the risk assessment levels of what um, of where Pakistan sits and what is what is the defence mechanisms if um, something was to infiltrate Pakistan, uh, but with it being so close to Kabul and being operated by the Taliban. So. That's what I'll I'll be doing, and then I'll be looking at nice. that and trying yep. to work out a bit of an educated um, decision, and um, and also be discussing it with all of my teammates because you know I think that's that's the important aspect of it. So lots to talk about there, and I'm sure at some point we can get someone from New Zealand Cricket on to talk us through that as well. But it's coming up to um, twenty to eight is in the morning on uh, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we have got after the break we've got. Emily Brown, and she can talk to us about Elephant in the Weekend and about Bifrost yesterday, the fill-up that was Baz and Izzy for breakfast, punting supporters. It's quarter to eight. Oh, 0800-150-811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. You're going to need to get in touch with us if we're going to get through this lockdown together. So be in touch. Give us a call on the Kennard's higher phone line. But it is quarter to eight, and we're talking some racing. With Bifrost almost in equal terms. Bifrost the grey. Now Pokesy's bib in front. Holt's trying to fight back, but Bifrost is extending. And Bifrost comes away by a neck on Holt. And they got two links on McClellan. Oh, how good. How good. A wee Kiwi racing stable out of Cambridge called Sparta Racing has certainly put Australia on notice over the last few days. They sent three progressive horses across the ditch and the results have been outstanding. A couple of wins and then a horse which was running on for fourth. Elephant got the cash on Saturday at Caulfield. Rhinoceros ran fourth and was brave on Sunday. And then Bifrost, well, we all got paid yesterday on the synthetic at Packenham. <laughs> Emily Brown is a co-trainer of the lot alongside David Brown. And she's on the line with us. Firstly, a massive congratulations, Emily. You must be absolutely delighted. Thank you. Yes, it's been a good couple of days for our stable. Um, yeah, with with going away, it's always quite nerve-wracking, but good to see the results come over the weekend. Do you guys get to have a little punt on them as well? Uh, not so much. I seem to stop them if I pump them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's good. I know that. I know the feeling. Actually, anyway, mate. What um, what were your expectations on? On Saturday, first start for Elephant over in Australia, straight to Caulfield, obviously heavily backed as well. What, what were your what were your expectations? Uh, well, we were obviously quite hopeful he'd go well and show the form he had over here. Um, but given such a big break and, and things like that, we were we were a little bit nervous about it, um, whether he'd measure up over there and things like that. But his work had been really good. So... I think David was quietly confident on Saturday morning when everything had sort of gone to plan and he was eating well and things like that. So, yeah, there was a little bit of confidence, but obviously not until we got out there and he'd run his race that we sort of relaxed a little bit. Well, Emma, I missed that punt on elephants, so I wasn't going to miss yesterday with Bifrost, but 
Paul Moati from the TAB <laughs> and the whole of New Zealand want to know when the next winner is. Can you give me something, please? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think our next one's starting. He leaves today, um, Border Leicester. He's a stayer. Um, he flies out at lunchtime today. So all travelling well and things. He's nominated for Mooney Valley on Saturday and also Swan Hill on Sunday. So I think David's just going to make a plan on when the acceptance has come out and, um, yeah, once once he's landed and how he pulls up and things like that from the flight. But, um, yeah, he's been working pretty well. Uh, he's not probably the fastest horse in the world, but he, he won't stop. He just keeps going. So the longer distances over there are sort of what we're looking for. Yeah. Nice. Well, I look forward to having a wee punt on the nose on that one. I want to talk to you about when they fly, because there's obviously a lot that goes on with the flying. You've got to keep the horses. And what do you do once you get there with recovery and, and those first couple of days getting the horse back into a bit of normality? Can you talk us through that? Yeah, uh, we're really lucky we go and stay with Natalie and Trent. Um, their setup's sort of quite um, quite similar to ours. Um, the stables, they lend us a... Um, pretty much almost identical to our stables at home. So they sort of get there, and it is all a bit different, but they settle in quite quickly. Um, but, yeah, recovery-wise, we just basically just walk them when they get there in the afternoon, and then um, usually we find that it's better they just get back into the routine quite quickly. Um, we don't generally mm. give them too much time off. Um, they sort of get out and do a little bit of light work the next day just so they get back into their routine fairly quickly. Nice. Hey, Emily, so you've seen elephant, rhinoceros and um, bifrost over, um, who are by shocking Vatamos and, and Termi Loose, all well-bred, but not like absolutely outstandingly bred. Like, how do you actually know when you've got a horse which is going to measure up in Australia? How do you decide, right, now's the time, I know this horse is going to go over there and be competitive. What are the signs? Um, I think, well, it is a little bit of a punt. You never really know until you get there. But <laughs> with Elephant, I think the fact that he he sort of was unbeaten and he's always shown us a lot. Um, we thought if you're ever going to take one, he's probably the right one to take. Uh, then with with the fact that David has to be over there for months and months and months because I don't know when I can get him home, um, we thought, well, we might as well take a few more. Uh, Rhinoceros is owned by the same owner that, of Elephant and he'd shown enough in his trials and things to think he'd be competitive at what level we're not sure yet but um, yeah he sort of hopped on the plane because the owner was quite keen to take him as well and Bifrost has always given me quite a lot of a, a really good feel when I ride him and yeah, I've I've always had a lot of time for him, and he's been the horse that we've sort of put to gallop with Elephant, and he's always been able to keep up and things like that. So that sort of gave us a little bit of confidence. Okay, interesting. So what about Elephant then? So what? Um, obviously, a excellent win on on Saturday at Caulfield. Now five from five, the son of shocking, out of a mere called quality mare actually. He won eight races, I think. Ticklish. So. What what are the what are the targets? What are the main goals for Elephant in particular? Well, I think we're probably still trying to keep quite grounded because that it was just a ratings race. Like he did it really well, um, but yeah, I think 
I think we're going to have a crack at the fan um, at Mooney Valley um, just because if we can get in that field and he happened to win that, he's got an automatic entry into Cox Plate. Um, but And also I've, probably we get to see a bit of a, a step up and see how he handles the stepping up against better horses again. Um, so that's sort of where we're looking with him. But, yeah, we'll sort of make a decision how high our aims are if, after every start. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, thank you very much for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast as well, Emily. We really appreciate you taking the time, and thanks for giving us the border. Lester is just a little one to follow, and we'll keep following our money because it's been paying. The whole of New Zealand. Thanks for joining us, Emily. Thank you, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, thanks, guys. (laughs) All right, all the best. That was Emily Brown, trainer of. Hot team at the moment, elephant, rhinoceros, and bifrost. Elephant and bifrost, both winners. First up in Australia, and rhinoceros looks like it's got more to come over there too. So, again, Kiwi's doing good things. Kiwi trainers doing good things in Australia, and we've got one to follow, Border Leicester. So a good stayer moving forward. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ, and it's eight minutes away from eight. Uh, it's nearly news time with Trudy Bears Izzy for breakfast and the Kennard's High phone line is 0800 150 811. Please get in touch with us at some stage during the morning. Lockdown morning one, Bears. How's the energy levels? How are we feeling? Oh, not too bad. I had a couple of little technical issues before we started today. I'm not going to lie, but we had a good, we got a good back-end team who were able to quickly rectify the situation after it sent me into a heavy panic. But we got there is. I would have, I would have hated we missing you there. this morning, my friend. <laughs> we got there, <laughs> <laughs> but we're on here and we're going, and we've chatted already to Steve Renoff, and we've chatted to Emily Brown, and we are very shortly going to chat to former All Black captain and a man who knows loose forwards better than most, and that's Tane Randall. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Another Hawks Bay boy, Crikey, he's a bit of Hawks Bay dominance, is he? Dag and Smith. And then Tane Randall, so I guess I'm going to have to take a bit of a back seat during that whole chat, am I? Is you going to just no, 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 Bears? It'd be good to talk to Hawks Bay banter. Be good to talk to Tane. He's good Hawks Bay lad. (coughs) Sorry about that. Actually, about out of Lindisfarne College. uh, (laughs) Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Just got a bit of something in my throat. Um, But great to be able to chat to Tane and see what's going on this All Black setup and get his insights to. That lost loose fortune, which probably had a pretty complete performance on Saturday against the Wallabies, and just chat about the state of the game, where he sees it, how the All Blacks are tracking, and see what he's up to these days, mate. He's he's gone under the radar. He never ever really hear from Tane Randall, so I'm really excited to to chat to the to the great men. Gone under the radar, but is achieving many things outside of the game of rugby as well. Well, just make sure that I can understand the Hawks Bay speak when you guys get together, okay? This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast <laughs> on SCNZ, and it's coming up to 8 o'clock, which means that we're going to hand it over to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Kia and good morning. Welcome to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. And it's an, a bit of a unique one for us, isn't it? Everyone's back in lockdown. The Delta variant's arrived. Everyone's back in lockdown. But we still get the opportunity to talk sport and share some experiences. And hear from you all as well about your thoughts on what the sport that's been and 
still some of the sport that there is to come. We've chatted already today to Steve Renoff, the Brisbane Bronco Hall of Famer, all-time premiership winner. We've chatted to Emily Brown, who has a nice, exciting team of horses who have landed in Australia and already got some of the AUD. And we're going to chat to Tane Randall very, very soon as well. But before that, just a quick update from New Zealand Rugby. Uh, they are saying that their rugby is... Everything's cancelled for now, just for a little while. Well, no joke. We're in the lockdown. <laughs> Everything's cancelled. <laughs> Izzy, every rug, every sport's cancelled, mate. Your golf's cancelled. Rugby's cancelled. Yeah. My squash is cancelled. We're in a lockdown, mate. Yeah, everything's cancelled, mate. And we got a text here in Level 4, what happened to NPC games this weekend? Well, that's from Michael. Well, Michael, I'm sorry to say it, mate. It's probably all over for all sport at the moment, uh, especially after today with the announcement of four new cases in Auckland. I can't see anything shorter than a three- to four-week lockdown post this because those uh, four cases have been out in the public. Uh, that Delta variant, we know that it's easily transmissible. So, yeah, it's uh, there's no hope. So basically, we're just gonna be on here, on air, talking sport, chewing the fat. And uh, look, it is unfortunate because we love sport, and uh, as Kiwis, we need sport in our lives. But what an opportunity to stay at home, spend time with our loved ones, and uh, go mad with our kids. Because reality is, they. Uh, an absolute shambles, especially in my house. But a guy that's not a shambles, uh, a guy that knows a lot about rugby, and a guy that went to Lindisfarne College, he's an absolute champion. The All Blacks had no mercy when they dropped the Wallabies on Saturday to keep the Blitterslow filled with a cold Steinlager for another year. They now shift their focus to a trip to Australia. Well, we'll soon see if that's going to happen. That could span months on end. Tane Randall is a former AB skipper, and one of our great loose forwards and an absolute champion from Lindisfarne College. Morning, Tane. How are you, brother? Thank you. Very good. How are you? Lockdown? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, what, what are you up to these days, mate? I'm sitting on the side of the road at the moment. Uh, talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've pulled over. You've pulled over to give us some time, mate. So what, what, are, you, what are you up to in the Hawks Bay these days? I've actually been a Tucky team of seafoods. You wandering around those getting some free kai, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was deaf from one over life, but we've got a, a freeze-drying business in, um, in Hastings. So essential workers, as we are, uh, heading yeah. into you know, another, day, another, day, yeah, another day of the toil. That's very good, though. Nice, nice. And... Um, do you still keep your eyes on on the on the All Blacks? Uh, obviously, a pretty solid performance. I want to talk to you about that performance on the weekend, especially in the loose forward area. Um, we pretty impressed with how Akira, Papali, and Savia went on the weekend. Is that now our number one uh, loose forward trio? Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, in terms of performance, a tough first half, right? Competitive first half, but I, I was mm. just astounded by the second half, you know, weather and all the rest of it. Um, Fifty odd points against the Wallabies is um, is, is is fantastic. Um, really, I say astounded by the way for the Wallabies it fell apart, but also well done for the Wallabies for you know, they capitalised um, on on the game. And there's, there's been a little bit of criticism about this or that could have been better. Nah, yeah, 50 points against the Wallabies in mm. context of everything is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Turn, turn to the loose four. Tell you, Banks. Yeah, hey, Bez. 
Sorry, mate. You carry on. Jeez, that's no. See, we're a bit rough. We're like, we don't really know our, our interviewing <laughs> skills and that. So you gotta, you got to bear with us. You carry on, mate. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, in terms of, I, I think the All Blacks for the last couple of years have sort of struck that there's fantastic players, but I don't think the, um, I don't think they've got the combinations right. Um, yeah, throughout the country, a Satuta, the Blackheader, and they've, 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 so they've got some really, really good players, but. Um, being a loose forward myself, it is the most important position on the game, you know, the field of rugby, of course. <laughs> um, and I've, I've always thought that you know, you need. It's not. It's not a case of putting your best forwards in the team, the best players, which I think they've been sort of guilty of. You know, you, you need a combination. The best, the best forward, uh, loose forward combination the All Blacks I think have ever had was you know, Kano, Reed, and. Um, McCaw, not just because they were fantastic players, but because yeah. of, as a combination they offered everything across what you want from your loose forward trio. You know, Drain Kane, he yeah. played like a he, he played like another tight forward. You know, he played as a really tight six. He was muscular, didn't do any flash, but he just went and knocked people around. He had Kieran Reed, who mm. was actually he was explosive, big tackler. He was dynamic with the ball, and he was a really good player in the air. You need one of your loose forwards to be. You know, eerily, someone who can catch the balls in the line and contest kickoffs. Mm. And Ed, Ed McCoy, a great player, but his skills of his foraging, his tackling, they all complemented mm. each other. Um, you know, Artie Sava, I, I think, a stunning player, but he's not a number eight. And I think when you, you know, I think the, the All Blacks are guilty of putting one of our best players into it. It's not just that it's unfair on him, it's actually unfair on the other players because they you end up compensating. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a really, he's a fantastic number seven, Artie Sarver. Um, the fact that mm. he was, um, you know, and, 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 and all back teams in the past, you know, going all, Andrew Murn, Carlos Spencer, Front uh, Body, Grant Fox, you know, Sean Fitzpatrick, whoever, Warrington, the all back coaches in those days just made a really tough decision. You've got two world-class players in a certain position, just play them in that position. Someone's got to miss out, hard lunch. And I think... Yeah. Really, for their loose forwards, that's what the coaches have got to do. And I think we've seen a number of times playing, you know, they played in the all-back teams where they've always tried to put the best players on the team rather than the best team as a combination. Mm. And there's been a number of number of times when that just hasn't worked. Yeah, that's really interesting. We're that's joined by Tane Randall, here, former all-black captain. Anyway. Yeah, so, okay, all right, that sounds good. We're, but we're all about combinations and cohesion on, on this show as well. And we're going to talk about leadership in a minute. But So who would your, based on what you've just said then, who would your loose forward trio be, Tane? Um, I'd put Savir at seven, easily. Yep. Um, yep. I, I like Hoskins to 2 he's, he's a game to go earlier, but as I say, you had um, him playing with... Um, Frizzell and, and Black, you know, Blackhead are playing at, six, at seven. He's a, he's a number six. So really, I'd really like to see Hoskins Satutu be given given a chance. What we've seen at super level, he's dynamic. He's a ball carrier. He's a tackler, um, and I, he, he had something pretty. He had something pretty special. I think as a number eight, he's still young, and I think physically he's got a little bit to grow. But I think he's going to do that. Um, and you know, Akira Yuani on the weekend. Um, I think he added enough robustness that um, I, th- I think as a, you know, Savia, Satutu and Akira Yuani on the blind side, that adds a really nice combination to our complementary skills. That's what mm. I think would be our best 
loose four tree at the moment. And that, you know, that's that maybe a bit harsh on the guys like you know Shannon Frizzell. Puppy probably did a really good job on the weekend. But um, and if you you can sub those in to any number of players, but right now that's what I'd, I'd really like to see. Beautiful. Okay. Well, the good thing is Izzy's got a direct line through to Fozzie. So Izzy, if you can make that happen, that'd be outstanding, <laughs> mate. Hey, um, <laughs> Tame. What about um, the leadership? We, well, he certainly impressed us. Sam Whitelock on the weekend, and we had Aaron Smith on earlier in the week, who obviously was man of the match on on Saturday, and his. Glowing praise for the leadership skills of Sam Whitelock and how he used the leaders around him. Do you think that is in a good space at the moment, the leadership of the All Blacks? I think when you look at that, Dan, that, that was quite telling. Um, you know, Whitelock, he's an, he is an elder, elder statesman. I don't think at this stage of his career, nothing's going to phase him. He'd be quite secure in the sort of player he is and the, the player, the skills that he doesn't have. And um, in terms of a leader... You want someone who's pretty, you know, just pretty comfortable in their own skin. He did a fantastic job, and you know, with with or without the captaincy, um, you can see the players look to him as a leader. So it worked out pretty well for him. I, in terms of you know when they were first discussing captaincy options, Whitelock was in the mix. Um, he got their the circuitous route, but um, judging on how it went and depending on how long Sam Kane is out of the picture for. I think we might see um, Sam Whitelock in that role for, for a wee while, and, and well-deserved. Yeah, mate, I totally agree. He's an absolute champion, one of my greatest leaders I've ever been uh, captain by. But <clears throat> I want to talk to you about this AB side as, as a whole, as a team. Going forward, have they got a chance to perform on the big stage against the South Africans, against the, the Welsh, the Irish over in over in Europe, the French, you know, could we go over there and perform with this current team and how they are playing at this moment? Um, well, what I think is really, um, you know, what I, I really look forward to, the, the games against South Africa, the All Blacks playing against South I love the games against the European teams. And a lot of it is um, just the contrasting style. You know, I, there's been a lot of criticism recently about the Springboks versus the, um, the, the Lions Test Series. And mm. I said, to anyone who's expecting running rugby between the, uh, the Lions team coached by Warren Gatland and the Springboks, I mean, you obviously never watched rugby for the last 1,000 years. It was always just going to be a massive tussle. Right? I love the way it was just a tussle. In the, same, you know, in the same way I was saying that Sam Whitelock comfortable in his skin as an all-black captain now, I mean, the Springboks are comfortable in their skin playing just... Ten man, nine man rugby. You know, they, they, they the World Cup when they won. They had, the, they had a thing called the Bomb Squad, which is their massive reserve who came on in the second. And there was no, no subtlety about it. There was just they were just going out there to beat teams up. And over the last hundred and something years of the Springboks have played, that is when they've been at their best. When they've tried to copy the All Blacks or play an expensive game, they've always failed. And that's what I think is one of the great things about rugby and you know, globally. A lot of teams have their different style. If we all play the same style, you know, in New Zealand we're biased. You know, we play some fantastic rugby, score some fantastic tries. But I think the beauty of rugby is that there's no one style which rules. Everyone's got mm. styles which suit their national psyches and personalities, and that's what makes it. It's, uh, that's what makes the game so great. If everyone played the same style. It'd be, I think it'd be pretty monotonous. 
and we wouldn't be having arguments about who's got the best style. That's also a great thing. Um, in terms of the All Blacks going to Europe, Europe's, European rugby's on a bit of a, a roll at the moment, um, as they tend, tend, to, tend to be. You know, they've, they've had a wee bit of success against um, the Southern Hemisphere teams. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. We can, you know, we, we can use, we can use as, as I say, in terms of sporting um, appetites, a bit of diversity. You know, watching our teams play new challenges against these northern teams, I, you know, they'll be. I'd imagine. Actually, I don't can't imagine how they'd because lockdown a trip over there might not be so good. But certainly, as spectators, be fantastic to watch. Um, talk about this uh, All Blacks identity. You touched on it there. Do you think that they? are still figuring out who they are as a team, or do you think they've kind of got an idea of, of who they are as a team? Can you elaborate a bit more on that from what you've seen? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's taken, you know, with, um, there's a bit of controversy over Ian Foster's team being um, appointed after the World Cup. Um, you know, growing from an assistant coach to, to head coach and you know, managing the whole, whole setup that is a massive job. Um, and they've, they've been really under the microscope. You know, oh, Razor this, or Warren Gatlin that, or Jamie Joseph that. Um, they've needed time, as, as any new yeah. organisation does. Um, and you know, we were saying they lost some key, you know, not just all black greats, but you know, the, you know, absolute world greats of rugby. You don't, you, know, you don't move on quickly. You know, guys like Kieran Reid finishing that sort of stuff leaves a big hole. So they're just going through, um, and we're in a stage now. You know, so, so some of the best players, like well, the White Locks, the Aaron Smiths, are coming towards the end of their careers, and we're in a yeah. transition stage now. Actually, when you know, when, when are the next All Black greats? And if you only have two, three, four of them in a team at any one time at maximum. You know, where are the, where are our next ones coming from? How how are they developing? And I think we're in that stage now. Hey, we're still playing, you know, playing winning rugby. Last year was a wee bit mixed. But our guys, we you know, will be will be better for last year, better for this, the last few games that we've had. And as I say, we'll get, we'll get a, a true measure when we play the Springboks and um, our guys go on tour at the end of the year. And one of the things about touring, it's not it's not just the rugby, which is a challenge. It's all the other stuff. It's all the other stuff. You know, as in dress, the all the you're you're away from home. You're sort of in a surroundings which can be a bit monotonous at times, and the mental challenge of being able to. I guess really focus when you sort of might be getting the homesick. Well, that, that's when it really, yeah, you know, that, that's when the, re- the experience and that's when the ability really comes through. Mate, unbelievable insights there. You know, you're, you're a guy that's done it all and just talking about the big losses that the All Blacks have faced over the last uh, couple of years with um, Darren Carter's, Kevin Mialamu's, guys like that. Ton of experience there left. But before we go, mate, I just want to touch on a pretty sad moment and I want you to bring some insights. I know you would have played Totai Kefu. Uh, many, many a times over the years. What's your biggest memories uh, of him that you remember from playing the Wallabies and a little message for him and his support for his family? Yeah. I actually played with Toto. We, it was quite... Um, first played against him in the New Zealand... When we played Australian Colts. And it was interesting. And there was all pre-professional rugby. And... Um, we actually played, we had a little mini tournament. It was New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and Argentina. We had an under-21 tournament in Argentina. And um, normally, uh, I'm, like most people, you end up not, you know, hate your opposition. They're just a bunch of 
Uh, but on that trip, we were basically, the, <laughs> us and the Aussies, lugged all over the place in the same hotels, and we got became quite good mates with them. And he was just a really good guy. Uh, made it really hard to play against him because you knew he was a good guy, but you really wanted to hate him. <laughs> I, I just utterly, utterly, um, you know, I couldn't believe it. Still can't believe it. I'm glad to see that he seems to be on the improve. But, but probably my favourite, um, my favourite memory of Tortoise. Actually, he was central to the Wallabies team that won um, the World Cup in '99. They had a, they had a really good team, really skilled. He he added something different. You know, Tong and Jeans, he was someone who was dynamic, who was explosive, and physically he was super aggressive. And um, yeah, they, they had some great players. They had um, you know, John Eels in the team, for example. But someone I thought when we we thought about how the, you know, good the Wallabies were, someone central to their side, who was I reckon probably more critical than anyone else in terms of the style they're playing, was was Toto Kefini. Proved that the most when they won the World Cup in '99. Oh, Tane, that great memories. Thank you, mate. We really appreciate you joining us as well, mate. We know you're busy with the freeze drying business. What are you actually so freeze drying? What are you drying? What are you freeze drying? Oh, we got kids' food. We got waffies, and all those peas you put in your you know continental soups. You want some of those? Does he come around and grab some? <laughs> He's got fingers in all of, all pies, mate. Tane has got fingers in many pies. Enjoy your time, mate. Lovely stuff. Good man. Thanks very much for joining us. That was Tane Randall, former All Black captain, outstanding loose forward, and now earning a crust, drying some some fruit and all other things in the Hawks Bay, and another one of the All Black captains who has joined us, and we're very lucky with that. So, some interesting insights. We might pick up on some of those a little bit later as well, Izzy, because just a couple of fascinating points I wouldn't mind picking your brain on too. But for now, going to go and shoot off for a little break. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Coming up to 27 minutes past 8 o'clock on the first morning of lockdown. Oh, we're all absolutely chuffed. We're smiling through our face masks. So Kia kaha, New Zealand. It's time for a TAB live update, though, because yesterday... The boys had a fill-up. Our man from the TAB is Paul Mawate, and he's there on the line. Paul, are the lights still on? Is the question that the punters want to know. Gosh, can we move on? Can we, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of glad I'm working from home today because the accountants can't find me. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> you got, I'll tell you well, what. The other one, Izzy Dad can't find you, and he's hunting you down as well, Paul. <laughs> Mate, he's hunting Mate. you down. Paul, Paul, what's going what on here, man? I got it at four twenty. Check me account, and then you only gave me two sixty. What's going on here? Yeah, I think if there was a favourite or two that got scratched up after nah. you placed your bet. There is he, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway. They were running scared. Uh, it was our worst <laughs> result of the day yesterday. I can give you the tip. Um, we took uh, after all that. There were a number of punters who started backing. Uh, other runners in the race. The the second best back runner was a, I think closed at around seventeen dollars. Victory Colours didn't finish in the top four, um, so we, we sort of balance, we, we tried to start balancing the book out, but the the horse had already bolted. Once Bifrost just um, loomed up outside the the odds on favourite Holt, um, we knew we were in trouble there. Uh, we 
51% of the total bets were placed on Bifrost in that race, and 76% of the cash money was on Bifrost. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you boys, you boys got us. <laughs> so, I've got to just, I've got to step warily now. I, if anyone thought that we were friends. Well, I think let's put that to bed. There's no friendship here between us, boys. <laughs> what do you got for us today, then, just to maybe mend that relationship? Yeah, well, um, we were going to have a, uh, a bonus back promotion at the Cambridge Synthetic oh, Track on Races 1 and 2. Obviously, that's not going ahead. So we're heading to Australia. We're heading to the uh, Kensington Track um, in Sydney there. Races 1 and 2. Uh, we'll be doing a, a bonus back promotion on both those races at Kensington today. Um, just place a fixed odds win bet on races one or two, and if your runner finishes second, third, or fourth, we'll give you your money back up to $30 as a bonus bet. Um, well done to all those who backed by for us. Well done to the team over there. They've, they've had a good start oh, to their travels over there with Elephant on Saturday and by for us yesterday. Beautiful. Thank you, Paul. That's TAB Promotions Stop, in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. It is coming up 8.30, which means it's time for Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock. And Ian Smith down the beautiful Hawke's Bay. He will be with you. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Please get in touch. Just a couple of better news stories for the morning. Well, the Black Ferns will travel north at the end of the year, COVID permitting, obviously, for four test match series against England and France, with two tests against England and France in October and November. Uh, that will give provide Preparation for the Black Ferns Rugby World Cup defence. Rugby New Zealand Rugby head of women's rugby, Kate Sexton, has said locking in a, New Z- a northern tour for the ladies has been a key focus for the Black Ferns programme, and they deserve a northern tour. So fingers crossed they can get up there and give it to the French and the English. Speaking of the English, Liam Livingston. Wow, the 100 is going on. We spoke to Shane Warne yesterday. You can always go to the SENZ app and you can listen to all of our interviews. Um, we, we put everything up as a podcast. Go have a listen to Warney because Warney was he's at the 100. He's fired up about it. And so is Liam Livingston. Get this, Baz. He has hit a 92 off just 40 balls to power the Birmingham Phoenix straight into the men's 100 final in a crushing eight-wicket win over the Northern Superchargers at Headingley. So 92 off 40. He was in his own, hitting six after six after six. That's the highest score of the tournament so far. Pretty good going, isn't it? It sure is. He is a bit of a six-hitting weapon as well, to be honest. Um Louis and, and is he's one of those guys who he's had limited opportunities for England is, but I think he's going to be um, a, a guy who will mature and get more opportunities as, as things move on. But he is a bit of an entertainer, played a bit of big bash as well over there for the Perth Scorchers. And of course, doing his thing now for the Birmingham Phoenix in the hundred, of course, the Birmingham Phoenix is Daniel Vittori's team. So big ups mm. to the Kiwi, Daniel Vittori, who, his team qualifies for the finals. And good on him too, because Dan Dan is a very good coach. I've had him at um, Brisbane Heat. I've had him at Middlesex as well. Um, and he just, I guess it's one of those situations as a coach. He, he puts a really cool environment in place. 
Um, but unfortunately, the results didn't really follow for those teams. And he sort of found himself a little bit out of the coaching world for a year or so before now getting this opportunity back with Birmingham. If he could put a little title on, and especially in such a high-profile tournament such as the uh, such as the 100, which it is a high-profile tournament, by the way, and the, the TV rights are huge right now. The viewership over there for that is massive. And if he could throw a title on, that would do wonders for his coaching pedigree moving forward as well. So there we go, the Birmingham Phoenix, Liam Livingston, the 100-ball competition. Now, we're going to just get along to a little bit more chat to just take a bit of a deeper dive into Tane Randall's conversation just before. We won't do it just yet, but I just want to ponder a couple of points there is that he made in and around the authenticity of style of play of teams around the world and also the cohesion of the loose forwards combination within the All Blacks. So I'm fascinated to get your thoughts. You put your feet up yep. for a little bit. Go and get yourself a little coffee because I'm going to put you under the pump in a couple of minutes and I want you to come up with all the answers for us and to follow on a little <laughs> bit from Tane Randall, the former All Blacks captain's conversation with us just before. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're 24 minutes away from nine and Izzy is going to get put under the pump shortly. See, this is what happens when you tip winners, boys. Uh, Chris, who won the quiz, or he could just be trolling us, I won the quiz, phone died, put 50 on a horse to play. See, he doesn't even want the money. He just wants you to punt it for him. How good's that? <laughs> oh, that yeah, is winner. good. He's backing us in. Fair play, too. What about Paul Moati? See, oh, what I love about the TAB relationship is, is we all understand what's going on. We're all friends. Mm. But they're trying mm. to take our money. We're trying to take theirs. It's like a mutual jousting session. It's great. <laughs> and when we do get their money, we're going to have a little laugh and a joke about it. And we got their money yesterday. So that's it. And they've got plenty of mine. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I want to talk to you about Tane Randall and some of the comments yep. he made just then, which I find fascinating. I think you can maybe just dive a little deeper for us. He talked about the, the loose forward combination. Now, cohesion is a big word for us in this on this show. We talk a lot about it. And he talked about the fact that you don't always have to play the best players in, in those positions, but you need to play the best combination. What do you think on that? Yeah. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, it's hit a little point. And I think he spoke about it, I think, back in the day when, when Cull, that, you know, the best player was Christian Cullen at the time. And the only way they could get him on the field is they moved him to centre. And that's kind of what he's going down. You don't... You, you, we obviously want the best players on the field, but we need those best players in those positions, and I think that's what they're doing with Artie at the moment. So they put Artie to eight. They want Artie on the field. They think Dalton's seven, and they've got Akira. So I know what he's saying with that, and he brought up um, Jerome Kaino, and, and I think about back when I played with who I think is the greatest uh, loose forward trio of all time, you know, Kaino, Reed. And McCall. So the thing with those players is they are all great players, but they all have their own special uh, abilities on the field. Whereas I look at a Jerome Kino, he was our enforcer. He was the enforcer for our team. So he was the guy that brought our physicality. He brought our line speed. He brought our mongrel. He was the guy that we looked to to bring that heat. And then you have a Kieran Reed. So Kieran Reed was a, a ball player. He had finesse. He had skill. He had uh, ability to be able to roam wide. He could play like an outside back if he wanted to. So he was different. And then you had a McCaw. So McCaw wasn't flashy, wasn't wasn't your flashy kind of guy, but he was your grafter. He was a guy that 
would be everywhere. He worked his ass off. He was everywhere around the paddock. He was putting his place into dark places. He was jackling over the ball. He was getting turnovers. He was making 100% of his tackles. So the thing is, with what I got from Tane Randall's um, uh, kind of conversation, is you kind of need the players that that all bring a different value, I, I feel, at the moment, because I feel like the All Blacks, they're all pretty similar players. They, they, yeah, they bounce off each other and they complement, because we're not all the best at the same things. So you need players that can cover that and can make up for those uh, lost calls. And I feel like at the moment, m- don't I might be wrong, that the loose forward player trio at the moment, they're pretty similar kind of players. You know, they're all ball players. They're all pretty rangy players. They're great around the field. But do we have the grafters? Do we have the guys that make their tackles that work really hard? The guys that do those things that a lot of people on TV won't see. That That's kind of the questions I got from that, Bess. Yeah, and I guess try and put it in a cricket sense, it's sort of we talk a lot about getting the right people in the right seats on the bus heading in the right direction. Mm. And what we mean by that is that it's being comfortable to play the role that you're in. You may not be the best player in the team, and it may not even be the best, the most skilled of teams, but when you combine everyone together and you complement one another's skills then you get the best outcome. And I think that's that's certainly what I picked up. And to me, that's cohesion in, in all sports as well. I guess yeah. the, the next point that he mentioned was about maybe just a slight sense of arrogance about us as Kiwis around how the All Blacks play and how other teams have a, a more a different authenticity around their style of play. And, you know, and, and, and maybe we have to just, I guess, uh, acknowledge that other teams play different styles of rugby as well, and, and their job is to try and get the W, and, and they're happy to play a, a tighter game of rugby or a tight, tighter style of rugby. And I guess mm. the question I have is, is this why we aren't current world champions? Maybe our style isn't the right style all the time. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, that's a great question. And when I look back to, look, I keep going back to when I played because it's pretty easy because I, I felt like I was in an era when... Um, you know, we're very successful and we have some absolute legends of the game playing rugby. And and you touched on it, like South Africa, they bring a pretty, a very physical mindset to their game about they've got big players, they've got big bodies, they're pretty direct with how they play. And I think back to when we played them, we had guys that were enforcers, we had guys that fronted up physically, that could match that physical play when, when South Africa's brought that. And I felt like when we played England, we went over to England. We had a we had a team that could match them uh, around the park. We could play that high tempo game, but I felt like we couldn't match them physically, uh, if you know what I mean. And and that's the thing at the moment. Is, as Kiwis, we love that identity about Kiwis. We love playing fast. We love playing hard. But the reality is, you can't play if you don't have the set piece to match uh, teams around the park. If you don't have that platform to to play off, you can't play that that type of game. And I guess at the moment we're still searching um, for that platform. Uh, you know, I guess a guy like Joe Moody, when he comes back, he's going to be a wonderful uh, addition to that to that front row squad. At, at the moment, I just feel like we're, we're probably lacking in that physical department. We don't have that, that kind of mongrel uh, about us that, that teams are quite scared. Like back in the day when South Africa ran up, our mindset was, mate, you put your head in that dark place and you put your body online you do everything possible to stop that South African running towards us. And I think to the games when I played, we matched them physically and we also matched them around the game. So, yeah, that, that's kind of my take. We're just still trying to figure out 
our identity. And and, and at the moment, I, I think we've, we we have to play that way because we can't match teams uh, physically a, at the moment. Um, they're probably listening to me say this game. Shut up, mate. You're the worst player that's ever played. You couldn't make a tackle in your life. So fair enough. But that's my <laughs> observation. I just feel like we're trying to find our identity and 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 figure out who we are. No, oh, mate. I, look, I think you raised some valid points, and I I guess to give the benefit of the doubt to the All Black coaches and, and selectors, they have time as they move towards a World Cup to still yep. continue to chisel away at that so that when they arrive at that mm. point in time, they can peak a la like our athletes have done in the Olympic Games just recently. So that's that's the the goal for them. The yeah, hardest I, thing, I guess, being uh, in the chair of the All Blacks coach is that you have a, a success rate which is so high, so therefore the expectation is so high. Yeah, that's it. Like he's got expectations coming from Steve Henson, who was very successful. And I said it, uh, I think in the first week, we've got a back Fozzie. You know, he's in the position now, and um, you know they've got the players to do the job. I just feel like we could probably bring a bit more mungle to our game and, and get that that kind of identity back from how we go. And I saw glimpses of it on Saturday. You know, we we're shooting out the line, we we're putting pressure. You know, there was a video of Akira Yuani and. Uh, Tanley Alatupo came in the side and he pushed him. You know, like just little things. We just don't take backward step, and that's that shows that you really care. Is when you when you're doing little bits like that, and um, I just feel like we can keep uh, working on that and and probably become better. Spot on is excellent. Love your little in depth uh, in depth details there, and also. No, good admission as well that Saturday was a very, very big, bold step forward for that all-black side as well. Right, we're coming up to 10 minutes to final furlong for us, and we're going to speak to Smitty after the break for our temper sleep on it, where we posed a question to him yesterday. So we'll get his answer today. And for now, though, it is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. <laughs> Five to nine, five to Smithy. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight to eleven is the Kennards higher phone line. Get in touch at any stage, and and we must also remember and tell you to keep texting throughout the day because we're after a text of the month. Thanks to Temper, you could be sleeping in a Temper Queenside bed valued at ten thousand dollars for the text of the month. So keep those texts coming through. And speaking of Temper, oh, it's a great part of the show because we get to welcome in Ian Smith to sleep on it. Temper's got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. And we were talking test cricket yesterday, weren't we, Baz? Yeah, we were. And good morning to Smitty. I posed the question to Smitty yesterday on behalf of myself and Izzy. With India being the one who holds the cards commercially, does their success in test cricket determine the future of the game? Smitty, did you have some time to sleep on that? Yeah, I did actually. Slept pretty well, um, by the way. Uh, look, here, here's the thing. Uh, of course they do. They have uh, most of the say. I mean, you only have to look at the fact that, you know, uh, the IPL will continue uh, in these COVID times. The IPL will shift, pick up the whole tournament and shift the venue. Uh, they've got the power uh, and the, uh, they will always find windows um, because of the money involved. Uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not, really, to be fair, but it is, it is uh, sort of a monopoly in that regard. Uh, and the other thing, Baz, uh, that I think that they will continue to be keen about Test cricket uh, is on the back of like victories that they had yesterday. Uh, we are the world champions, and they haven't got that title. And until they can own that uh, and and uh, and put that one in the cabinet, I think they'll be hungry. So I think Test cricket's pretty safe at the moment in that regard. 
Uh, if India are a big player in Test cricket, I think is is pretty safe. Well, well, I guess that's a good thing though, because I mean, there's so much concern around Test cricket, right? That a lot of other boards can't really afford to play it. But if you've got the the one who holds all the cash saying, "Nope, this game is going to continue, and we're going to embrace it, and we're going to push it forward," then the future of Test cricket, well, it, it seems like it may continue. And Test Cricket's doing a good thing by Test Cricket because they're producing great results at the moment. I think there's an intent from the players, maybe you you know, you were a part of this too, Baz, is to, to make the game go forward at a quicker rate than it used to. Uh, you know, to make uh, you know, every session count. Uh, the, the drab days uh, are slowly disappearing out of Test Cricket and maybe quickly disappearing out of Test Cricket. And that, that can only be good. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a will amongst the players to keep Test Cricket alive as well. I think they're doing as about as much as they can. And the ground staff too, producing wickets that do plenty so the game does advance. I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a buy-in and I think it's a good sign at the moment. I'm pretty positive about it, mate. Well, that's good. That's good because, I mean, Test Cricket is so close to our heart as well. So, you know, hopefully it does continue. I have my concerns, but as you rightly pointed out, with India holding the cards and and desperate to try and get a hold of our title, which we hold as Kiwis. How good does that sound, by the way? With that, with that being the case, then hopefully Test cricket will uh, will continue to thrive, not just exist. So, mate, we're going to let you go for a, uh, let yourself get yourself together for a couple of minutes. We know that Turks is closed tonight, so that's no no threat to you. But thanks for joining <laughs> us uh, this morning. Dagger, you just throw a late dart at me, why don't you? Just throw a late one. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe My Turks could come to you. I'm sure they'll drop Smithy. something out. <laughs> My golf tournament's cancelled, Smithy. I'm gutted. By, by the way, Izzy, I got a new book on my cabinet just behind there. It's called a thesaurus. It's a book. It's not an old dinosaur. You should look it up, Izzy. <laughs> oh, he's had a go. He's fired one oh, at you today, Izzy. You've had a dig. Hey, I'll give you 30 <laughs> seconds to talk about this lockdown. Go. 30 seconds to talk about the lockdown. Listen to my rant. My rant. Oh, sorry, it's not a rant. Listen to my sermon straight after the news. Then you'll hear what I think about it. Yes. I'll be staying on for that one for sure then if that's the case. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. Well, thank you very much, Smitty. TM or Smitty, stay on here. 9 till 12. He's followed by Mark Stafford. Then we've got the Beaver and Cursed for Drive all on SENZ. Today has been a pretty cool day as well, albeit slightly different when it comes to lockdowns in our country. And all of our thoughts are with everyone out there who is locked up in their own homes. Look after your loved ones and... Take care of yourselves. A big thanks to all of our team, to Louie, to Trudy, to Karen, to Joe, and also to all of our guests as well, to Steve Renoff, to Emily Brown, and to former All Black captain Tane Randall. Thank you for joining us here on Baz and Izzy for a breakfast. Take care, everyone, on behalf of both Baz and Izzy, and wish you all the very best on this Wednesday, the strange Wednesday that it is. Kakitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.